and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. This morning we're so blessed to have Mark Wilson as our guest speaker. Now if you don't know Mark, let me tell you who he is. He's the National Ministries Director for Australian Baptist Ministries, so he has a national role and profile. He's also, if that weren't enough, President of the Asia-Pacific Baptist Federation, which sounds like some sort of Starfleet thing, doesn't it? He's with us from the USS Enterprise this morning. The Federation, which is made up of 40,000 churches in 22 countries. Wow. That's quite a responsibility, and uh, very honoured to have you with us. Most importantly, uh, Mark is a dedicated follower of Jesus and a dear friend, so very honoured to have him here with us today. Welcome. Let's welcome Mark as he comes to cheer with us. Well, good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be sharing with you here today, and it's great to be back. Thank you so much for the honour and privilege it is to come and share here, Nick, at Mount Pleasant. And uh, yeah, we give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, I want you to imagine with me a circle about this round, okay? And someone being lowered down into that circle. It's actually a hole in the ground. It's a cave. And as this person's been lowered down into this cave, and I've actually seen this, it's about a a kilometre from the Colosseum in Rome, and inside, it's all brick. Well, not brick. It's actually rock. And, and from time to time, you'd be chained to the wall. That's the context of the Apostle Paul as he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus. And I want to read to you from, Ephes- from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and it's going to come up on the screen. So that's the context. So that's when it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to leave a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourselves together With peace. For there's one body, one spirit, just as we've been called to one glorious hope for the future, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is in all and who is um, over all and is living through all. Amen. You know, as Christ followers, our responsibility is to guard and protect and preserve unity because of our love for one another. That's the context that he's saying this to the church at Ephesus. So every Christ follower has been called by God to live a life worthy of that calling. See the context? Worthy of that calling. So the question then is, how do you live a life in unity and oneness worthy of that calling? Well, Paul goes on. I want to share with you a couple of points here. Number one is this. Be humble and gentle. Be humble and gentle. 
God does not want us to think more highly or less highly of ourselves than we ought to. Humility does not mean humiliation. See, nor does it mean being a doormat or having low self-esteem or curving our strengths and our achievements. In God's kingdom, very often it's those who simply serve who turn out to be great. And those who puff themselves up, who refuse to serve, often turn out to be the least of all. Paul says this in another book in James, and I'm sure you know this. James chapter 4, verse 6. God actually opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I don't want to be someone that God opposes, being puffed up. And I'm sure you don't want to be either. So the question is, will we obey God in the small things? See, whether I'm preaching here on a Sunday, and thank you for the privilege and the honour, or whether I'm looking after my grandchildren, I love grandkids, looking after my grandchildren on Friday night so my son and his, uh, his wife can go out and celebrate their wedding anniversary, it doesn't matter to me whether it's big or small, I'm serving God. Amen? That's what we need to have, that kind of a posture. Whether, whatever your kingdom assignment is, we need to have that posture of humility. Do you know, interesting, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in our local church, our local Baptist church, and in our church when they have communion, they actually invite people to come to the front and they serve it and um, you, you, you pick up the bread and the cup at the same time. And my wife and I were sitting there and there's a elderly couple behind us and his wife, his name's Jim, his wife is very frail. She, she can't really walk to the front and get it and he was really caring for her and I just felt a prompting and I looked over at Karen and we, this is just a simple thing. We just said, look, we'll get it for you. You stay there. So Karen and I walk up, I get two pieces of bread, two cups, she gets two pieces of bread, two cups and we just take it back and simply serve Jim communion. Jim is one of the most encouraging older men I've ever met. Every Sunday, he would be so encouraging. Well, then a week later, Jim McKinnon passes into eternity with God. And as I thought about that, I thought, Whew, what a privilege it was to serve them communion. And it might have been the last communion here on earth for Jim. Sometimes we spend years waiting for God's guidance, you know, for the really big thing. And more often than not, God is asking us just to do the small things, to listen to a child, to help someone, to pray with someone, to, you know, do a job for someone, a neighbour or someone in your house. Encourage someone. Be patient when you're standing in line. I just got convicted on that one, you know. All are humble things, yet they're really important to God. Mother Teresa said this on one occasion. She said, God doesn't ask us to do great things. He asks us to do small things with great love. That's what we need to be. Be humble and gentle. And then secondly, 
Paul goes, you want to have unity and oneness in the church? Be humble and gentle. And then he says, be patient and forgiving. Look at verse 3. It says this, make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Oh, that is a fantastic passage of Scripture. God has made all of us different. We're all different, and I celebrate that. But sometimes we need to adjust to each other's differences. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says this, Be faithful and loving and easy to get along with. How easy are you to get along with? <laughs> with the people that are closest, what would they say about how easy you're to get along with? You know, the real, that's the real test when it's the people that are closest to you. And then Paul in the Romans chapter 12, verse 6, he says this, Do your part to be, to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Do your part. So obviously there's two parts, but you've got to do your part. You've got to do your part and leave the rest to the others. Back to that Ephesians passage, Ephesians 4 verse 2. It says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. See, making allowances for each other's faults, because we all make mistakes, stumble and fall, and we've got to accept the fact that none of us are perfect. Not one of us is perfect. And we all have faults, even Nick. <laughs> I know he's almost perfect. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I had to get you back for the birthday. Um, forgiveness matters. It really does. You know, one of the really profound like stories that Jesus tells, and many of you will know this story. Jesus tells this story of a king and he's owed a whole pile of money from someone. And um, this person just, you know, it was such a large amount of money. There's no way he could pay that money back. And so the king is a king of mercy and he has compassion. And he says, I'll forgive you for that money. And, um, you know, it's okay. You go on your way. And that guy who's forgiven over a period of time went by. He found someone who owed him a little bit of money. And he's not happy about that little bit of money that's owed to him. And so he gets that person. He's no mercy, no compassion. And he gets that guy and he puts that guy in prison. And, and he says, you stay there until you've paid back the money to me. And then the king finds out about this. And he's really upset about the lack of forgiveness, mercy, and compassion. And he's annoyed about the hypocrisy of that guy. And he says, arrest that guy. Now, that's a really important story. And as I listen to that myself, and as you listen to it, I'm sure that if we're really honest, we can fit into that story somewhere. How often have we chosen not to forgive someone while happily accepting the forgiveness of Jesus who died on a cross with arms outstretched for the forgiveness of all sins and rose again three days later? See, forgiveness doesn't necessarily erase your hurts that you might have. But it does help to heal and it does help us to move forward. You know, it's saying to the person who's hurt you, 
You no longer owe me anything. Just two weeks ago, there was an email conversation from two people in two different countries. I was CC'd into the emails. And the first person sends an email requesting that he could be paid to go to an event. And the email goes directly to this other person. I'm just CC'd in. And this other person sends a very, like, one-sentence email back, you know, but this person reacts and writes a pretty brutal email back to that person. I'm in this, I'm CC'd into this, and I'm going, this is wrong. I call up that guy, I say... What, what happened? I didn't actually call him. I emailed him because he's overseas. I said, what happened? What, what? And he says, oh, I was just in so much of a rush. I just wanted to let him know because I was running out of the door. I said, that was not good. And then I entered the email and I just explained the situation about the money and where that can and can't be spent. And I thanked that person for all the wonderful service they'd done. And in the meantime, this person sends a beautiful apology letter email to that person. That person reads that email and says, I reacted highly inappropriately and says a big apology back. And within literally two or three hours, it's solved. And, you know, I tell you that story because we all make mistakes. We all stumble and fall. But, you know, as the Christian family as oneness and and unity, to keep that unity that Paul's talking about here, the unity that you want to have within this church and wider than that, we need to understand that we make mistakes and we stumble and fall and let's offer forgiveness. You know, is there anything today that you're withholding forgiveness from? That's a rhetorical question for you to think about. Paul's saying, Be humble and gentle. Be patient and forgiving. And then thirdly, he's saying this. He's saying, be united in one spirit. Be united in the spirit. And verses four through to six, the apostle Paul sets down the basis for Christian unity and what it's founded in. Christian unity is founded in oneness. And that's the theme of this next four weeks with every guest speaker you've got coming. Oneness. And this is possible if we are humble, gentle, patient, sounds like the fruit of the Spirit, and forgiving. And and then Paul goes on and he lists a whole pile of ones. He says one body. He's talking about the body of Christ, the church. And as soon as you become a Christian and give your life to Jesus and accept the forgiveness that he's got. You're a part of the church right across the world. You're a part of you know, the church globally. But it's not just a global thing. It's actually locally. You lock in locally in a local place like Mount Pleasant. Here in Bulagoon, you lock in here. And he's established the big family, but then he's saying, be a part of the local one as well. And then he goes on, he goes, one spirit. 
The same Holy Spirit that fills each believer is the power for the church to live in that way. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us and fills us afresh and anew so that we can actually live in unity and oneness with each other. And then he goes to one glorious hope for the future. And Paul was explaining that every one of us is looking forward to that day that Jesus might return. You know, that day, that glorious day, that could happen this afternoon. Wow, wouldn't that be amazing? You know, it'd be awesome. Um, But we have the joy of the anticipation of that. We don't think about that a lot, but he's coming one day. And then one Lord, that's Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the the only Son of God who's our Saviour because of what he did on the cross and you can accept that. And he becomes the leader and the Lord of our life as we continue to submit to him and his spirit. And then he goes on, one faith. We are all united in faith in God. And to depart from that faith is, is to bring about disunity within the body of Christ. And then he talks about one baptism. Believers identifying with Christ through the waters of baptism. You know, my wife and I run a connect group. I'm not sure what you call them here in your church. Um, And we had some people in our connect group. By the way, if you're not in a connect group, definitely get in one. Okay, that'll build the body and unity and all that stuff. But um, we're in this connect group. Uh, We lead it. And we had some people who were Christians and some people who were you know, in a, in a situation of discovering about Christianity. And we'd been meeting together and we decided what we would do is we'd do Alpha. Do you guys do Alpha? Okay, so Alpha. And you know how you have that weekend away? Well, we decided to do it at our house because they couldn't afford to go away. So we, we had people in our house sleeping over and some people who lived close just came. That weekend was phenomenal. We prayed for every single person in our connect group at that Alpha weekend, and then a couple of people committed their lives to Christ for the first time, and then a couple said, we want to get baptised. I'm telling you this for this one baptism thing. The next week or the week after, I can't remember when it was, um, our connect group is sitting, like you guys here, right on the front row, and we've got two of our connect group getting baptised. Karen, my wife, was baptising one of them, and our pastor was baptising the other one. And behind us was the family, like two full rows of the families of those people. And when they came out of the waters of battle, you could just see the glow on their face. It was amazing. We're there with our cameras and, you know, videos and all that stuff, and we're celebrating. And, you know, there's just something special about baptism. Do you know, one of our Baptist churches, talking about the oneness and the family, River Life Baptist Church is a church in Brisbane, Queensland. Last September, they had on Father's Day three baptisms planned. And, um, you know, the pastor, and and Nick knows John Robinson. He's a lovely, humble guy, like your pastor is as well. And, And I really appreciate that. Anyway, they have three baptisms planned. And what happens is he feels a prompting from the Holy Spirit to just open the baptistry. And they have multiple services like you do on a Sunday. And during that Sunday, they had a total of 37 baptisms on one Sunday. Three were planned, 34 weren't planned. How cool is that? And how cool is it they didn't have to do some baptism class to prove they need to get baptised? Do you know what I mean? And then 
I was there, I love this story, I was there at the church last year, uh, I think it was late in the year, I can't remember when, and I'm sitting there and God's just been doing stuff in that church. They have the baptistry open every Sunday. <laughs> Get this. You know, and I said, well, how do you do the heating? Oh, forget about that. It's Queensland. You know, <laughs> and anyway, so the baptistries, you know, they blow up this baptistry and it sits up on the stage and Anyway, we're there and he opens it up and people come forward to get baptised and, and then someone's watching online. And if you're watching online today and you've never been baptised, come on down, Nick will do it for you. Anyway, what happens is, is this guy's watching online, gets in his car, down to the church near the end of the service and he runs down and he says to Pastor John, I want to get baptised. And they talk with him and share with him and he makes a confession and they, he goes through the waters of baptism. And oh, Since September last year till a few weeks ago when I was chatting with him, they've had 120 baptisms. Isn't that awesome? That's a church working right. God's moving in might and power. Do you know, we, we, we love seeing people get baptised because it's an outward expression of what God's already done in your life. And crossover, one of our ministries, we're actually um, having and planning a special baptism week for Baptist churches right across Australia later this year. We're hoping we'll see literally hundreds and hundreds of people go through the waters of baptism. And then the last one here is one God and Father. Now, if you look at this, this passage actually is an expression of the triune God, the Trinity. Because the Spirit's mentioned the Father and the Son. And, and, and remember it's saying one God? See, the oneness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're three persons, by the way, that the oneness of them is in their perfect relationship and in their power. You pray to the Father, who else knows about it? Jesus and the Spirit. You pray to Jesus, who else knows about it? The Father and the Spirit. Because they're one in perfect relationship. And they're one in power. But they're three different persons. Anyway, this is not about Trinitarian theology, but I thought I'd just pop that in there. By the way, if you want to do a series on the Trinity, Nick would love to do that. <laughs> let, me, let me paint a picture for you. I want to paint a picture for you of our family, the global family, um, as we work in unity together. Now, all Christians and all denominations and that, we're all part of God's kingdom, but we're in, a, we're in a family, we're in a tribe. It's the Baptist family. And Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, what an amazing church. You know, a couple of years ago, I went to Nick and to Simon when Simon was in the role, and Kubalup was down the road not doing too good, and, you know, it was needed to be sharp. Long story short, we had a conversation. You prayed about it. You as a church took on Kubel up, built it up, strengthened it, and then released it. I want to say, praise God for what you do. And then you said, then I remember meeting with you, and you said, we'd love to do this again. And now you've got Mount Pleasant Baptist Church here in Burragoon, and you've got it down the road there at Thornley. And, and you'll do it again. And that's because you're about building God's kingdom, not your own. I love that about the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church and about your leaders here. Mount Pleasant Baptist Church is actually a member of the Baptist churches of Western Australia. There's 120 Baptist churches in Western Australia from Kununurra to Albany to Kalgoorlie and everywhere in between. 
And the Baptist Churches of Western Australia is a member of Australian Baptist Ministries, our national body, where I serve, as Nick said, as the national director. We're made up of six states and one territory, and we have five national ministries. Baptist World Aid Australia, which I went on your website, and you're a part of that. You probably have at Christmas when you can buy the cards, you know, the Christmas cards, and buy a chicken or a goat or, you know, that stuff, and you give it to people. If you haven't done that, you should do it. It's great. And... Um, then, then you've, and actually we had an event just this last week and there were people from Mount Pleasant at that event, um, at, uh, which I've already seen this morning. Anyway, um, then we've got um, Baptist Care Australia, we've got Baptist Financial Services, we've got Baptist Insurance Services, I'm pretty sure the church is insured with them. And these are five national ministries and the last one is Baptist Mission Australia, it used to be called Globe Interaction. You've got two legends in this church. And I don't want to embarrass them, but I, I want to acknowledge them. Pam and Keith Gallagher, who served in Africa between 40 and 50 years with Baptist Mission Australia. Praise God for that. Just humbly in the background and look at what God did. And I have the privilege to work with those people. So let, let, let me get Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Are you with me? Baptist Churches of Western Australia, Australian Baptist Ministries, okay? Then Asia Pacific. We're a member of the Asia Pacific Baptist Federation, as Nick already said, where we have 40,000 Baptist churches in 65 diff different conventions or unions in 22 different countries. And I was in Seoul, Korea last year for a, for a gathering uh, actually a congress with Asia Pacific and I have the privilege as Nick said to serve as a president for that that's my voluntary role and um, we were in a church called Global Mission Church a Baptist church and the pastor there's name's Pastor David lovely guy he's the senior pastor of this church his wife is a theological college lecturer at their Baptist college and um, it's a small church of 30,000 people and I said, how did you go during COVID? And he said, we grew 3,000 people during COVID. And I said, naively, how did you do that? <laughs> and here's something that you are already into and Nick's a part of this. You know what he said to me? He said, we pray. And I remember walking past a room where there was a prayer meeting going on and it was, woof. You know, I mean, it was awesome. Be a part of that prayer event that Nick's got involved in later this year. That'll be a wonderful thing and see what God does. So Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Baptist Church WA, uh, Australian Baptist Ministries, Asia Pacific Baptist Federation. Do you want more? There's no steak knives. Okay. The, the next one is the Baptist World Alliance. And the Baptist World Alliance is made up of six continental regions around the world. And my, and my wife, in her voluntary role, serves as a president for the Baptist World Alliance Women. That's 122 different, 128 different countries and territories, 20, 264 conventions and unions, and 175,000 Baptist churches with one united mission. Networking the Baptist family to impact the world for Christ. Let me tell you what's been happening. 
Because you know how sometimes you, you, you don't get a real global you know, understanding? In Europe and the Middle East, in the last year, they had a slight decline of 3%. In North America, which is obviously Canada and the United States, they had an, a decline of 6%. This is, I'm talking about Baptist churches now. In Asia Pacific, our region, we had an increase of 20%. In the Caribbean, they had an increase of 48%. In Latin America, they had an increase of 41%. And then in Africa, they had an increase of 134%. God is moving. And we sit in the Western world sometimes in our little... And God's moving amazingly across the world. I, could, I need to finish soon, okay? Because there's so many stories I could tell you. But let me just finish with this one story and then a word. The Baptist World Alliance, okay, they have Baptist World Aid, Australia Baptist World. They all got together, worked as a family. I love this partnership, working as one. And they got money together and they actually helped in Ukraine people who'd been displaced over a million people with what they did. And then the leader of the, the, leader of the Ukrainian Baptist Convention said this about six weeks ago or more, that since the war started in Ukraine, they have seen 3,000 people commit their lives to Christ. God is moving. And I want to invite you to something. Is that okay? In 2025, in Brisbane, Australia, we've got the Baptist World Alliance Congress. And it's happening in July. And that's the logo. I love our logo because it's got that indigenous flavour. And there's a QR code there and you can click on that and get... Um, some information. I've talked to some people who went to the one in Melbourne 25 years ago in 2000 and how much a blessing that was. But I want to say you're all invited. You might want to get a busload of people and come across. You know what the Nigerians are doing? The Nigerian Baptist Convention, they've hired a whole aeroplane and they're going to sell tickets off to all the seats on that aeroplane. Can you imagine coming on that aeroplane? Man, there'll be turbulence. Can you imagine that? With the Africans, mate, it'd be phenomenal. Let me wrap this. So the challenge this morning is for us to firstly understand our global connection, but more so our local individual responsibility. Bring it right back down to us. We're called to be humble, and gentle. Be patient and forgiving. And be united in one spirit. And for you here at Mount Pleasant, as I was thinking about this during the week, wouldn't it be great to say, in the year 2023 and beyond, God moved in a whole new way. Ministry was multiplied.
People far from God found him. And Christians became more Christ-like, expressed in the unity, in their oneness. They humbly served one another. They treated one another with gentleness. They offered and accepted forgiveness for one another. And nobody stood alone because they had a real deep sense of community. And the worship, I'm going to invite the worship team up, the worship put a smile on the face of God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's pray into that. Let's bow with me in prayer. Maybe you'd like to stand for prayer. I'm going to pray and then I think we're finishing with a, with a song. So right now in this place, almighty God, we thank you that you've called us to be a part of your kingdom, the kingdom of God. We thank you and we honour you for who you are to us, our Lord and Saviour Jesus. And we pray right now for this, your church here, Mount Pleasant, at Burragoon and Thornley. God, that you would move upon this church in a really powerful way, particularly as this series of oneness starts today and goes for the next four weeks. I want to thank you for the leadership here. I want to thank you for the humility that is expressed and gentleness that is expressed in that. May we be, may this church be a church that's a beacon of light. May it be a flagship. For, for your kingdom and for your glory in this state and across the nation. And as people come here to Western Australia for that major prayer event later in the year, God, we pray you would move upon your church in might and power in every family of church. Baptist, ACC, you know, uniting, Anglican, Catholic, the whole lot. May we see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So do that, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.